My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I am joined by Celia Kay to talk about her thesis film titled Skeeter's Bad Trip. Hey, Celia. Hey. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks. I am really excited to talk to you about your piece because... I got to say that I think that I was there from the very, very beginning of it. So first of all, how about you introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Hi, my name is Celia. I'm a VFX compositor and matte painter. And my piece is mainly about a mosquito who ends up drinking some mysterious liquid and then finds out afterwards that it has some contaminants in it and then starts basically hallucinating. So my piece is more visually focused on just the different worlds that he ends up going to. And he's a CG character that's composited into live action. How did you find yourself at SVA? Well, I definitely was interested in behind the scenes stuff because for movies, I would watch a lot of behind-the-scenes footage, see how films are made. I thought that was really interesting, so I did kind of research about that in high school and looking into what kind of fields there are, because I didn't really know. Uh, And actually, the first field I was actually interested in was concept art, Mm. but you have to be, what, super creative (laughs) (laughs) And, and really good at it drawing and everything so I don't I didn't know I mean I was interested in that but then I found out oh wait there's a lot more other things but I didn't really kind of know what 3D and and VFX were Mm. going into SVA I just knew I was interested in behind the scenes kind of film in high school after deciding that I wanted to be an artist I kind of decided even though I didn't know any digital art I would try to pursue that and then looking into colleges SVA seemed to be the best option location wise Mm -hmm. and even though it's expensive (laughs) (laughs) uh, it had the program that I that fitted what I wanted that's great that that's awesome that you kind of you kind of found your way pretty easily to the school and it's awesome that you know you kind of knew that this was something that you wanted to do very early on so that's great to hear and I'm curious because you mentioned that you liked a lot of the behind the scenes work were you particularly interested in either 3D or visual effects or did that interest kind of come a little later I think just looking into the whole process of how they make something that's not necessarily real look real and then Mm. put it into live action footage and then have interactions with that kind of like characters having interactions with say a cg troll or a cg character whatever was really interesting and fascinating to me but obviously i didn't really know how it was done it just seemed really cool and to be able to create something like that 
was something I kind of wanted to learn how to do. So, I mean, I didn't know any technical or, you know, what the whole pipeline was at all. I just thought, oh, this looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) Now I kind of want to talk a little bit more about your thesis. So you kind of touched upon what it is it called and you told us sort of what it's about already. So I'm curious, where did you get this idea? So this idea initially came really early on. So it was even, I think, sophomore year Mm -hmm. or summer going into sophomore year or junior year. Mm -hmm. It was a summer, I know. (laughs) And I was just driving by a lake. I was thinking, it was the summer, so I was thinking, oh, so many mosquitoes outside. I hate mosquitoes (laughs) so much. And I thought, at that time, I think I was just writing down possible pitches and ideas because I knew I was getting to a point where, oh, you need to start kind of thinking what kind of story you want to do since this is such a big project. Mm -hmm. And knowing what your story is and liking it is really important to Mm kind of keep going with your story. And so I just wrote down mosquito, annoying mosquito, possible idea. And then once junior year started and then we had to start developing stories, I kind of went back to my list and saw that. And honestly, to be honest, the reason why I picked the piece mainly was for convenience, budget, and I mean, I thought it was kind of unique compared to all the other thesis. 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 That I've seen so far. So, yeah, I mean, and because I'm interested in CG comping, live action footage, it kind of fit the category of my interest. So, Really is mostly for convenience because obviously as a VFX film, you have to pay for filming. And I knew that other people had said that they had a really big budget for that. And I didn't want to end up spending such a large amount. So luckily it worked out. And because of the whole covid situation filming wasn't too uh you know it was as stressful with worrying about how large the cast needed to be and stuff yeah definitely when you have a cg character especially a mosquito cg character so it's not very human like you know you kind of have a lot of flexibility of how to film what to film and where to film so I think that this piece is definitely very unique. I really like the idea. I remember liking it from the very, very beginning because it's simple, but it's fun. Like it plays with that kind of drug trippiness, visual effect style at the same time as being cohesive. And then it has a fun ending too, which I think is great. So what would you say uh, has been your favorite aspect about working on this so far? What has been something that you really, really enjoy about working on this piece? Uh, I think just 
knowing that this is kind of a story that we have, you know, as an artist, you develop ideas and then kind of you never get to really finish the mm. idea. So being able to actually go through with this whole process and make this mosquito character come to life, I think has been the most exciting part because currently I'm working on the whole animation process and then seeing it actually be on my live action plates rather than just seeing an empty plate has been really exciting to see and you know oh, it's you know I'm getting somewhere finally it's not I'm just looking at empty plates <laughs> it's so easy to get discouraged and to be just very it's very dull the pre-production part right because you're just ha- looking at gray models on gray backgrounds doing gray things right so it's nice to see something kind of come together i kind of want to ask you a little bit more about your process because this is not a typical visual effects film right like you, you're still doing 3d compositing you're still having some effects and you're actually doing a little bit of matte painting um, but you don't have like the big like filming crew that like other people do. Um, so how do you keep yourself accountable and how do you follow your own timeline when everybody else is doing something so different? Yeah, I think that part has definitely been really hard because obviously I'm a one person group and then I have so many different elements mm-hmm. in my piece that I did kind of think when starting this, yeah, that is a lot of work. Should I be reducing the amount? But I thought, well, since this is your final piece, might as well Mm. just go all. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, I mean, I definitely think because I just from the start have not been the type of person to procrastinate. Mm. that it has not been that difficult to kind of keep the schedule that I have. But more, it's been difficult just trying to figure out the whole pipeline. And Mm. because I'm not a 3D person, I had to learn a lot of, you know, 3D stuff to prep for compositing. And, I mean, obviously I didn't, My I had a lot of help with, my 3D friends and they were amazing and I think still even though I have gotten you know concern from other people saying well you do have a lot of heavy CG elements then you won't be able to focus on what you really wanted to do but I learned in the outcome that I'm still learning a lot because even in the future if I do kind of get you know, footage where I do need to have these elements in it, I will at least know the whole pipeline of it and Mm -hmm. then understand how this process is done. Because I think even in this industry, you need to kind of understand everything because everything is just so integrated with one another that you can't just know one thing. Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean 
Yeah, just sticking to the schedule, knowing how much time you think something will take. So mm. for compositing, I'm giving myself all of January and February to composite. Mm. And I know compositing, you know, you can't really give yourself that little time because you have so many shots to consider. And then if you realize, oh, I have a mistake, you'll have at least time to go back. Mm -hmm. And I did, you know, it's just a matter of kind of trying to cram things together and do it as fast. Because with the whole animation process, it's I've been what doing it within three weeks, a month, three mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. And luckily, my character isn't too crazy, so... It's I'm able to do it, and I have already started lighting everything. So hopefully, once you know the semester starts, I will be be able to just start rendering all mm -hmm. my passes out and start compositing. And then, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because thinking I was looking at the bigger picture, and we only have so little time left, and. I mean, I'm glad I managed my time well enough to be in the position I am right now because for me, I just don't like being stressed about time. Mm. I'd rather be stressed about not maybe not figuring out something right away, but then you at least have, you know, some leeway into, you know, if, if you cram everything and then realize, oh, something's not working, then you're in a difficult position so. that's really awesome that you kind of budgeted your time and you're really on top of your your stuff you know and you really kind of you know you persevered through this one person project because it is a lot of work but i think the mark of a good worker is the ability to overcome that kind of hurdle so that's really awesome celia to hear and i'm actually sort of curious uh, when the going gets tough, like when you can't figure something out or if something's not working properly, what do you do to try to mitigate that? So mostly I usually end up asking people. <laughs> I've been, but, you know, a lot of times if you can't really find it online, you just mm. have to ask people. And most of my issues have been more on the CD side. Mm. I'll ask people I know who are more focused in that area so say for rigging i would ask a close friend of mine that i know who's really knowledgeable about rigging or mm -hmm. grooming. and then with uh with with actually it's funny because i we didn't you know because we're going into the process of rendering mm -hmm. you know cg requires a lot of render passes and render layers and I don't know how to do it and I have a friend who is also in that process Carlos you know mm -hmm. yeah and we were both said hey let's figure this out together and we spent what 10 out of 10 hours in total wow trying to figure out render layers and eventually we got it and yeah I mean the process was long since none of us really knew about it, but mm -hmm. being able to problem solve with someone else because you have two brains working is a lot easier than 
figure trying to figure it out yourself and then getting frustrated and angry. So yeah, just asking a lot of people has been really the best way and everyone's just so nice and welcoming. So it's been pretty we have a good community. Yeah, totally. Uh, One of the best resources that anybody has access to in this department is your peers, because not only are they kind of learning the same level as you, but everybody's learning different things and everybody's concentrating on different things. So everybody's kind of a fountain of knowledge in that sense. Uh, I know Carlos definitely is, and you are too. So, you know, (laughs) Um, so you were kind of mentioning about how kind of planning and and production and the timeline of the whole piece was a was a little difficult for you i'm curious what would you say was your worst moment in thesis so far maybe a time where you felt like you couldn't get it done or it didn't feel like it was something that it could be uh could be attainable that kind of thing i definitely think there's this definitely (laughs) definitely right from the beginning, <laughs> when, this whole, <laughs> when this whole pandemic happened, I was so dejected because mm. I was thinking, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Do I need to change my whole story and make it all 3D? I don't want to mm. do that because obviously none of us knew what was going to happen. And I, you know, I wanted to film over the summer and then, and then everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was still prepping and fixing my pages to prepare for all of this. But, you know, I was preparing for, I, don't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, I just kept working and just, you know, luckily things started to get better and I ended up reaching out to people and luckily since my film only required shooting blank plates it was okay but oh my god I was yeah I mean that was I think one of the worst <laughs> just the beginning just how to start because you know this is the first time we've ever kind of, or at least I have ever created such a big project Mm -hmm. that figuring out where to start and, you know, learning how to do pre-production, how to prepare, how to set up everything is really difficult. And, you know, there's obviously the professional way Mm-hmm. And you want to try to match it as best as you can, just to, as a learning process. So then when you're actually put in the industry, you kind of have an idea of how pipeline works. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> figuring out things, getting started was definitely one of the most challenging things. But then once I started figuring out the whole workflow of what I needed to do, and started getting easier, but then obviously you're like, oh, wait, how do I do this? <laughs> yeah, and totally. I have to take another, take another step back and be like, huh, which direction do I go first? How do I, you know, you know, obviously for 3D, you know, you have to model and texture and mm-hmm. grit, you know, everything. But then with filming, you have to hire people. You have mm-hmm. to make sure you have a schedule with them. Right. You have to pick a day for filming. You have to make sure you have all your props, transportation, 
Yeah, definitely the pandemic is de- is uh, is a big downer. It's not a not a great thing. Has your story been affected at all by the pandemic, or did it kind of stay the same throughout? Okay, it pretty much stayed the same because, fortunately, the what mm-hmm. is it? The setting is just in a park, so I could have a lot of flexibility with how mm. I wanted to approach it and fortunately the filming location I actually picked was very close to my apartment so it wasn't really an issue and actually it was amazing because the DP also lived really close by too so there yeah wasn't it like totally worked out issues. so yeah most yeah it worked out I was very fortunate <laughs> So, of course, you know, I'm an optimist and I, of course, I love talking about um, your worst moment, but I would love to hear about your best moment as well. What would you say was your best moment in thesis so far? Uh, I mean, I think definitely finally getting the right image you're going for, because (laughs) obviously you have all these ideas and with me, I... I think, oh, wait, I could add this. Oh, wait, oh, my God, it would be so cool to have this in it, too. And having too much Mm -hmm. can be a bit, oh, no, what do I do kind of thing. And for a while, getting my environments, kind of the, you know, hallucination part of the environments to look kind of what I wanted was challenging and then once I actually kind of got it and it clicked then Mm -hmm. I guess and then seeing it kind of put to life and you know getting a camera move in it and seeing it actually Mm -hmm. work properly and everything was very yeah definitely when you kind of see it all come together in a really nice and consistent way it really brings your hopes up, you know. I mentioned this to uh, someone the other day about how we're we're visual people here in the department. So seeing something that like puts it all put together, it just gives us a better idea of how this thesis will will look for sure. What would you tell your freshman self about SVA? I would definitely say be ready to be disappointed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just in the sense that you're not going to be the best person out there. That mm, they're going to okay. be people whose works are so much better and so talented. And <laughs> I mean, it should be a sense of motivation, though, for you and not mm-hmm. a sense of. Right. Like you don't let it get to you. This is just more so understanding that you have talents in different areas and i think for me that was a huge thing i needed to get over with (laughs) yeah totally obviously i didn't think i was you know the 3d the whole digital aspect was on me because i was just a traditional artist Mm -hmm. but seeing so many people who kind of some people knew the mm-hmm. programs already and then I got so intimidated and scared and rejected mm. but <laughs> but obviously 
you learn and you improve. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that experience, especially when people come to the school with different experiences and different backgrounds. You kind of feel like everybody is just like you starting out. And that's not the case. Everybody has different skills that they bring to the table. And understanding that you have your own unique skills is very, very important. Any advice for juniors who are now entering the thesis phase? Um, I mean, I would suggest to stick to your story mm-hmm. for over the summer. But obviously, you know, depending on if you join someone else and you really don't like the story, then just make sure you use your time wisely over the summer and prepare well for senior year. Have an idea of what direction you want to go to instead of being super oblivious. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to finish thesis because obviously you're not going to be able to and thesis is a huge learning curve for everyone because it's still a struggle for everyone because we're doing a lot of things that we've never done before also, or that we're newly, Mm -hmm. that was kind of thing that's newly introduced because I have a friend who didn't know Houdini at all in the beginning of thesis and he's Mm -hmm. now a master, it seems, (laughs) at Houdini. You know, I mean, obviously it was challenging in the beginning, but, you know, you're not going to know everything for thesis. And also, so basically, the key <laughs> message I would give to juniors would be to plan and know what your story is before senior year starts and to be ready to learn a lot because you're not going to, you might think you know everything, but you're not. So. There's a lot of aspects within thesis. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. going to get critique from your professors on changing a few things, but at least have a solid, you know, run through of your thesis and how you want to approach it. And don't mm-hmm. be afraid to try something new because we're still students. It's not like we're masters at the program. So right. We're all learning, and we might not even know the answers as seniors, but, you know, we're trying to at least understand everything. That's definitely a good way to put it. You know, we're all kind of learning on our own and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and that kind of thing. So I don't think that that's that's bad advice at all. I think that's really good. How would you describe your SVA experience? I would say... It's been really nice because for me personally, uh, in my high school, I wasn't really a part of the art community. (laughs) Actually, I was kind of one of those hidden artists. (laughs) (laughs) So no one really... You're a secret. Because I didn't do art in school. I just did it outside. I just went to a studio and learned traditional drawing so and I didn't really talk about it with my friends I know but just being 
I think just having a community of talented people has been the best part. And then making new connections, obviously. Obviously, it's amazing to what be in your youth, be in the city, make new friends, and then, you know, go out with them and everything. So just having connections that I've made and knowing that I'll be able to keep those connections outside. And because we're in such a, we're in, you know, all the same community that, you know, we might bump into one another in the future professionally as a, you know, whatever we are. Very cool. Yeah, SVA definitely just supplies you with all the connections and all the really, really cool friends that you make while you're here. So that's something that's really great about the school. Um, my last question for you uh, is, who is your favorite podcaster? I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, to be honest. Totally fair. I mean, it's not, she's not a, she does podcasts, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But... But she makes these, there's this girl I've been listen, listening to recently, and she does these kind of crime, I really like what, crime podcasts? Mm-hmm, like true crime, yeah. So when they explain what, they explain the whole backstory and then reasoning why a criminal does such things and that mm-hmm. you know the lead up to it and then the figuring out and then the, oh mm-hmm. my god the shock factor <laughs> yeah exactly like learning all these kinds of things about such a horrible thing yeah i mean i don't know why i've always been interested in those types of documentaries podcasts or whatever so that's i would say Currently, my favorite podcaster is Kendall Ray. She's the woman who does those documentary. What is it? Mm-hmm. Essay. I don't know what it's called. Video yeah, essays. Video essays about problems. Yeah, I mean, if you're not if you're not scared of what gory stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. She doesn't show. She doesn't show um, you know, really gruesome clips or whatever. It's just usually pictures of the criminal or sometimes the court cases of it, but nothing too graphic because it's on a YouTube platform. thank you so much Celia for coming on to the show it was a pleasure having you and I wish the best of luck for you on your piece yeah thank you so much for having me and it was a great pleasure to talk about all this thank you for listening to this episode of The In-Between if you like the show you can subscribe at iTunes Spotify YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts I'm Javier Colon and I will see you next time Obviously, typo. Obviously, typo. <laughs> that I didn't know. Can you can you repeat that really quickly, please? <laughs>
because I'm not going to keep you coughing in the podcast. I, I almost choked on my spit. <laughs> Gross. Yucky. Okay, wait. It's I okay. Don't worry. You got um, it. You can do it. The beginning. <laughs> From the very beginning. <laughs>